In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who came to save a sinner, even one like me. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we've heard a lot in the news recently about this guy named Terry Jones, haven't we? This guy who, down in Gainesville, who uh, he wears a sport coat and a Fu Manchu and a gun because of all of the death threats that he's gotten. Because he said that he was going to burn about 2,000 copies of the Quran. And for some reason, even though he only had about... 30 people in his, well, not quite so Christian congregation. He made national news. In fact, he made international news with the hate that he was spewing with the idea of burning those Qurans. Wouldn't it be interesting, though, if... Even though he recanted, even though he said that he wasn't going to burn the Qurans anymore, and as far as I know, he hasn't, wouldn't it be interesting if, you know, about a month from now, we heard that Terry Jones had changed his stripes, maybe he had shaved his mustache, and he decided that he was going to go to the Middle East, and he was going to go and evangelize and love Muslim people. Instead of boiling up all of this hatred that he seems to have been able to do, if he were to change that, and then to go and to proclaim that he actually loved Muslim people, even if he didn't believe the same way that he did, that he actually loved them. It would be interesting... And in fact, we'd probably begin to ask a few questions about it. We'd probably begin to say, you know, is this guy for real? Is he really meaning that he loves these people that at one point it seemed like he absolutely hated? Or is this just another show? Or is this something even more nefarious? Is he trying to somehow become a mole to dig in deep? And then to ignite that flame of hatred once more. Christians during the time of Paul asked the same questions of this man who once brought all sorts of Christians out into the town square in Jerusalem. And he stood as witness holding the coats of the people who were grabbing large stones to throw at people like Stephen, a young Christian, killing him, killing many people, dragging many other people, women and children alike, off to jail because they claimed that this Jesus Christ was their Lord. And then all of a sudden, he takes this little trip to Damascus. And the next thing that we know, he is saying that he believes wholeheartedly in this Jesus Christ. Who 
he had persecuted the followers of. You know, it seemed a little bit odd probably for them, a little bit odd that this Saul was now calling himself Paul and had completely changed everything that he seemed to believe. And now seemed to be saying things with even more gusto about how he believed that this Jesus Christ truly was the Son of God and how he had even seen Him on the road to Damascus. This Saul who became Paul then went out into the Gentile regions, into what we would now call Turkey and Greece, and began to talk to the people there about Jesus Christ. And he took along with him a young boy named Timothy. A young boy who had a Jewish mother and a Greek father, we find out in the scriptures. A young boy who, Paul said, you're going to come with me. You're going to serve as my apprentice. And so he went throughout those regions, and throughout those regions, teaching about Jesus Christ, and teaching Timothy how to teach others about the grace and the forgiveness of Christ. And now, we get to 1 Timothy. This letter that we just opened up in our epistle reading for this morning. And Paul starts it off by saying, Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that Jesus chose me? Not just a sinner, but a blasphemer. Not just a sinner, but a persecutor. Not just a sinner, but the foremost of sinners. The worst sinner that you could ever even think of. That's me. Paul is saying. And maybe some of you in here today are burdened with that same guilt. That same guilt of saying to yourself, you know, I put on a pretty good show. But really, I I don't think anybody sins the way that I do. I don't think that anybody sins as much as I do. I don't think anybody sins with the same horrible, despicable sins that I sin. I'm here trying to put on a good cover, but deep down inside I know that I'm just rotten. And I know that the things that I have done are wrong. Is that your burden? And if it's not, should it be? Because I think deep down inside... So many of us are dealing with some sort of unaddressed guilt. Something that perhaps we've even been trying to hold back, not just from the people that we know and the people that we love, but even trying to hold back from God. I mean, we know that He knows what we've done, but in some ways we don't want to admit it to Him. And we certainly don't want to admit it to anybody else, Because that would just, that would end our world. 
It takes bravery. It takes a lot of courage to confront your sins. You can imagine the kind of courage that it must have taken Paul to confront his sins. To look back at his own life and to see the faces of those young men whom he killed. To look back at his own life and to see the faces of those women and children who he carted off to jail. To see the faces of those people that he hurt. But I've hurt people too. Maybe I haven't killed them, maybe I haven't carted them off to jail, but I have hurt them. And you've probably hurt some people too. And he says that it's not just about his relationships with other people, but that he was a blasphemer. What that means is that he took the name of God, the identity of God, and he so twisted it that it seemed like it was upside down. In fact, what he says is that before he came to know Christ, he even really was a hater of God. Somebody who had animosity towards God. Somebody who didn't believe God, didn't believe God could come and save, didn't believe God actually loves me. And maybe you're in that boat too. Because we all wrestle with this sense of guilt that we have deep down inside. Whether it's guilt towards the things that we know that we should do for God and haven't. Or the things that we know that we've done and weren't supposed to. That's why we can come here every week. And I don't ever, I have never, ever heard anybody say, well, why are we doing this confession and absolution thing again? Because we sin all of the time. And every single one of us deserves to have a plaque up in our wall that says exactly what Paul was saying. Of all of these sinners, I am the foremost. Of all of these sinners, my sins, I know the best. Of all of these sinners, I know that I need forgiveness. And that's the beauty of this thing that Paul was teaching Timothy. Because you see, the beauty of being a Christian is not that we're any better than anybody else. The beauty of being a Christian is not that we have some sort of better moral structure or moral fiber to our bodies. That's not the beauty of why we're here. The beauty of why we're here is that we gather here together, and especially in this church, we gather here together, and the first thing that we do is we say, everyone here is equal, everyone here is a sinner. I can lay my plaque down because I know you are a sinner too. And we're all sinners together. And nobody is better than one or the other. And we lay our sins down. But that isn't where it stops. 
Because Jesus comes and He picks up those sins. And He whispers gently into our ears. I know you think that you're the worst one. I know deep down inside you're dealing with some stuff that you're trying to hide from me. But I came to die on a cross. Because I love you. So that you can let those things go and hopefully let them go forever. But if you commit them again, I paid for those too. That is grace. That is unenduring love. Unending love. That says no matter what you do, I'll always be there to pay the price. I'll always be there to love you. Chief of sinners though you be, I love you. And I want you to be with me forever. That's what he tells us. Amen.